0: Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, How often have I desired to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one. Let us pray. O God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word, Jesus Christ, your Son. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Sometimes God can speak to us in concept or pictures or sometimes he uses just a word or a few words in his scripture that become like a a thorn. They just kind of get stuck in you and you can't let go of it and it doesn't let go of you. Such was the case this week as I was preparing, reading the scriptures using what is known as a an old way of listening to the word of God. It's called Lectio Divina. And the phrase that kept coming up over and over from the psalm, was seek God's face. Seek God's face in prayer and worship. And it's in that seeking therein that we will find and know the beauty of God's presence. Well, I had to go and do some research about this phrase of seek God's face, especially after we've been doing this review on Wednesday evenings about what it is to pray transformational prayers. And in our discussion groups, we were talking about where did we learn first to pray? Because you see, very often it is something that is caught and taught, this way of relating to God the Father. But did you know that over 40 times this very phrase of seek my face is found in the Psalms? It seems that it's important. It helped me considerably to know that the original Hebrew language was in fact the word pre- meant presence, seek God's presence. See, God has created us for divine fellowship to worship him. It is a well-known fact that whatever it is that we focus on is ultimately what we worship. In fact, if we were to look at our time and how it is spent and our textbooks, it would be a great clue as to what it is that we worship. This is a season in which we are being called back to worshiping the one true God. But I think there are some, dare I say, false beliefs that get in the way of our worship maybe even our understanding of what worship really is, because these ideas or beliefs have become so widely accepted that they are rarely challenged. fellow pastor who I follow his work has come up with four misconceptions or myths about worship. His name is Nelson Searcy. And he would say that number one, the first misconception that we have in America is that worship is about me. The second is that worship happens one day a week, just on Sunday mornings. And that thirdly, that worship is just a part of my life, it's something that can be over here in the corner. As well, worship is a religious activity. But these ideas about worship have moved past being misinformation and taken hold as false beliefs. In fact, he would say that they've led us to an anthropocentric view of worship. What in the world is that? but that we view that we are the center of our worship. It's a view that you are the center of your worship. And this type of worship purports that worship is about you, about your preference, all about you, what you feel, what you experience, what you can get the american way right but the simple truth is that worship is not solely about you and me in fact it's not meant to revolve around us at all any more than the sun is capable of revolving around the earth now, just as God created the planets to revolve around the sun, he created worship to revolve around God and his Son. So, in fact, if we ever really hope to worship God in a way that really deeply connects us in the way that we were wired to connect to God and to be in his presence as the psalmist suggests, and we've got to realize that worship isn't about us. Worship isn't about what we want or what we can get. Worship is about God, first and foremost, plain and simple. In the New Testament, Jesus' disciple, John, tells us, all things were made by God and for God. All things, all things, that includes worship, yet, As contemporary believers, we're given the subtle message through all kinds of ways that worship is by us and for us. But even when we don't mean to make it about ourselves, we often do for very simple reasons. That by nature, we are inwardly focused. It's just part of how we're wired. God knew that. And also that we've never been taught anything differently. That we've been being held captive by this acceptable thinking of our day. All these mega churches that put on huge productions. It's like a theater performance. I have a question, or several really, I'm wondering if you've ever come to worship only to leave feeling like you didn't get anything from it, nothing. Have you ever wondered why you don't seem to be connecting with God during the week? Why the passion you once had has seemed to dim? Part of that could be that so often people come to church looking for something for themselves only. We're a consumer culture. So they come seeking something for themselves only to leave feeling empty because they didn't receive what they thought they needed. I wonder why their feelings and their longings weren't fulfilled. I would say it's because they were operating out of this anthropocentric view of worship. They were making it all about them, neglecting the reality that worship is theocentric, it's God-centric. God is at the heart of it. Until we understand that worship was created by God and for God, worship's never going to make sense or be as fulfilling as it was designed to be. So over these next four weeks, I hope to show you that worship is a God-centered activity. It's not about your style or your preference or your mood or what you need. It's not about what you do in the hour at church. It's not about an attempt to be religious. Worship is about one thing, and one thing only, to bring honor and glory and pleasure to God. Do you see the subtle change? Do you see the shift? It's an activity that encompasses all of our lives, not just a part of our life. And when we're able to truly internalize the reality that worship is about offering our attention our energy, our talent, and even our focus to seeking God, that it's about seeking God's presence and giving him the praise and adoration that he deserves, it's then that we'll begin to see our Father for who he really is. As the psalmist models for us this day, And it's then that we'll be able to worship him in beauty and in truth. It's then we'll find a joy and an experience that transforms and changes us forever. I can't wait to see how it shifts all of us. Glory to God. Amen.